Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. Let's listen on and find out. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deves. And in this episode I have got Caesar Alcasab, who is a lovely comedian who I've known for years. So I've not seen him that much in recent years, obviously not in very recent years because no one's seen anyone. But well, yeah, we used to gig together quite a bit since then he sort of because he, he disappeared for a little bit while he was making some films, which is very much something that he likes doing now. He has made a couple of films. Go and see him. David and Paint Dry are both of the ones that he's written. He he talks about a poster on his wall at one point, and that is for Paint Dry, I believe. Yeah, very cool that he's done all that and won awards for it. So he's an award-winning filmmaker. That's what you got here. And yeah, just uh, yeah, like I say, he's a lovely comedian, lovely guy. So it's uh, it's great having him on to talk to, talk about quite a lot. He actually makes some uh, eight mile references, which I audibly nod along to you can hear me agreeing with the things that he's saying about eight mile here's a little secret for you i've never seen it so I, i'm agreeing with things that i i don't understand which is quite bad it could be uh, it could be horrendously offensive but i feel like i would have heard about that before now if it was horrendously offensive so hopefully it's not if it is apologies <laughs> had to bleep some slander a couple of times. We were talking about... Well, actually, at one point, we were talking about someone that I was talking about on a recent episode, a questionable promoter. And I've I've bleeped their name out, so they'll never know it's them. Uh, which does lead on to a, uh, a very brief conversation about bringers, because we talk about it later on in the podcast as well. Just to explain what bringers are, because uh, we, didn't, we didn't fully explain it at the time, that is where a promoter is too lazy to do any promotion themselves and therefore force the acts to bring an audience member with them in order to be able to play the gig. It is a very, very lazy method to running a gig. But, you know, they occasionally have their place early, early in your career. It can give you a nice bit of sort of uh, confidence, but it is a great deal of work to constantly find someone to bring to gigs nobody really wants to do it so learn to promote or don't run a gig that's my suggestion or just accept that no one will be there we also talk at one point about uh, a car journey that we went on with uh, a comedian called chris joyce who sadly passed away uh, a few years ago he is one of the loveliest people i've met through comedy and uh, he was so so funny it's it's such a shame like he was just a really lovely guy very very funny and I, I would recommend that you go and find, just just Google uh, Chris Joyce Dance to Win and you will you will be pleased you've done so because it was incredibly funny. They played that at his funeral and it was, it was a really sort of a bittersweet moment, but it, it, was, it was nice. Uh, just to clarify as well, Caesar refers to Nico and Dane and uh, I haven't had confirmation from him, but... I'm reasonably certain he's referring to Nico Yearwood and Dane Baptiste, both very good comedians. I should think you've seen Dane Baptiste on a number of TV shows. But yeah, he just he just refers to him in their first names because he's real cool. Just before the last break at the end, if it sounds like I sort of cut off quite quickly into the tea-stirring sting, uh, that is because Caesar turned into a 
full Dalek. His microphone went absolutely wild and uh, and was unlistenable. So I had to um, I had to cut him off and and uh, hang up and start again. So that's why we sort of we get back into a bit of conversation afterwards. But anyway, the main thing is it's a very fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. I uh, I've got an announcement of who I've got on next week's episode. At the end, I'll tell you that at the end, and I've literally just finished recording that episode. It was one of my favourites in a while, very enjoyable, very, very funny. So I'm looking forward to being able to bring that to you. It was uh, my first international recording as well, so exciting stuff. However, also exciting, this episode, you're going to love it. It's very enjoyable. I'll see you at the end. Hey, buddy. Hello. How are you doing, man? Not bad, not bad. I'm uh, working from home today, so that's why I was just like, yeah, just give me a, a shot when you can. And oh, cool. when we first started messaging, um, I think actually, yeah, you messaged me for my birthday, which is very kind of you. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I, the last, in, in mid-March, I, I had just moved into this place. So the whole of, the whole of like this current new year and, and half of last year was essentially trying to move Right. So I don't know. Oh, so yeah, March just, I mean, last year. No, no, I moved. This is new. So I've I've been right. here for only two two months. Yeah. yeah, just two months. Um, but yeah, like of since last year, so we're talking like a good nine months has been trying to go from moving to to getting here. Um, yeah, this that's basically been the the main part. But I'm sure we'll get into all that anyway during the chat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is all uh, a good a good portion of what we've said already. Will will stay in, including the uh, I'm having issues. No, that won't. I'll I'll take that. Out. I'm, <laughs> I I'm sort of the the more I do this, the more I'm swinging between trying to be more professional and less professional. <laughs> so like I'm trying well, to. It's fine by me. Wherever I'm, way you want to go, I'm, I'm making just, it sound yeah. better, but leaving <laughs> in more shit. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, we're recording. Yeah. Oh, so I could have went off on a massive tangent, but like, oh god, I right, go. <laughs> Sorry, oh, as is, you were saying, it's not ninety percent of what the podcast is. It's just a big tangent, one hour-long tangent, which is why sometimes it's about an hour and forty minutes. I talked to Matthew Crosby for about two hours ten minutes, um, but didn't record about twenty-five minutes of that. So, uh, oh uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've made that mistake before. Yeah. It's always awkward as well when you're like trying to set up and go, oh god, or if you're going overtime and you're like. Hopefully that made the cut. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I usually fine. have that with filming, though. I, f- I filmed scenes where, like, the audio's been bad. I'm like, oh, good God, no. Um, that so, what, like, podcast, Do you only find out it's bad later? Yeah, in the editing room, oh, which man. is like, good God, when you're, you know. So that's that's always a nightmare when you're trying to get stuff because you don't have time to really... I mean, big productions, obviously, they have this thing called dailies where you can watch it back and you've got the video assessed. Right, okay. Um, and everything else but when you're independent you're just trying to film as much as you can and and looking at your sound guy going like i i trust you to <laughs> yeah, give yeah, me yeah. the files in high res audio everything crisp clear and then yeah i actually had uh, on one occasion i was um the, this movie behind me is uh, which, for the listeners can't see it but i have a movie poster in my home yeah so i was gonna comment own, on that the movie i made cool. and um when I was filming it, I had a sound recordist and then they had to take a day off or something. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. And they brought a replacement into, but that the replacement was so good. I just kept them on. Oh, really? And then that, yeah, it, it didn't sit well, but I was like, what do you want me to do? Not yeah. like, 
it's my money. I'm I'm hiring the be- the better person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you tell the other guy? And they were more not, expensive. Not but I didn't care. I just the way that, that the new person worked was just so more efficient. I was like, I'm gonna I'm just keeping the second person. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. That's the uh, that's the sort of the worry of uh, taking day off during <laughs> something important like filming is that uh, you'll you'll get a replacement that's better than you. Yeah, and the, the uh, bigger irony is that sh- uh, she recommended him. She was like, well, I've got this guy who can, I'm like, great. And then it was like, well, afterwards, well, I was like, I'm still going to use him. She was like, well, I, I was I was like, well, <laughs> we started the day and we're going to finish it yeah. of the same crew. Um, again, these things happen. I think sometimes, you know, it's just, you just got to move, move on. But uh, it's, yeah, it's always weird with that kind of stuff, especially because, like, I don't have any, um close net with any crew members or even cast for that matter so when you are that you're obviously a collaborator but at the end of the day you're it's like when it's your money you're like look i, I just have to do what's yeah absolutely you know, i'm going to spare a, a, some pennies over your feelings but yeah that's but yeah i mean yeah i mean uh audio is number one priority i would say in podcasting <laughs> yes it's up there for sure uh, yeah up there along with um Nothing. That's it, really. It's, it's audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Content, I suppose. I've listened to a few podcasts where the subject matter is obviously, I'm like, you know, maybe a great guest, but when the audio is bad, I just turn it off. Yeah. I think, like there was one where Chappelle was doing some thing. Yeah. And his audio was so bad, I just stopped watching it. I was like, look, I can't hear what he's saying. So watching, like, this is a, a, a relevant time of time. Yeah. But, yeah. I watched a, a stand up special of, uh, I'm not going to say who it was. But a, a, a very, very well-known comedian who, I don't know where they recorded it, but the sound was uh, not ideal. It sounded like it was recorded from, like, maybe they had sort of two microphones in a room, but, like, they didn't take a direct feed of his voice. I mean, their their voice, not his. <laughs> or her. Yeah, uh, his or her. Yeah, good save. Or they. Um, them, them. Yeah. Always say they and them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, with this person, I'm guessing this is someone in the circuit that you don't want to name, as opposed to someone famous on Netflix. It's not someone who's going to listen, but it is <laughs> uh, it is someone who I'm trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. So it's not like it's not a big name on Netflix. No, it's a no. big name on Amazon Prime. Okay. Right. Well, I, I used to be on Amazon Prime. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyone can get on Amazon Prime back in the day. So uh, the one I was referring to, I was referring to Bill Burr. Someone said in one of his specials that the audience was dead. Like they just didn't react. And yeah. I'm like, well, first of all, it's Bill Burr. It's a Netflix special. I'm guessing they all wanted to be there. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, yeah. that was a case where the sound recordist had him perfectly mic'd, obviously, but there wasn't enough microphones into the crowd which happens sometimes, you know, yeah. when you're doing sound editing, you know, you record, if you're recording a, a comedy show, you record the um, comedian through his own microphone yeah. that goes into a feed, which is very easy to do because he's he's the only one holding a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. the audience, who are obviously having to laugh out loud for it to reach, they put microphones in the audience, especially in these big rooms, in these theaters, they will put microphones in the audience to get their laugh and yeah. all, you know and maybe either they didn't record that or in the sound editing they kept the audience low yeah again it, it is it is um it's a, a finished piece but in terms of the comedian specials that i do on youtube yeah i've seen a few and a friend of mine was just you know his his camera was getting blurry at times oh. um other people's their their audio i mean their camera 
little lack of framing as far as like where to put the camera. Right. I get it sometimes if you you know you're just putting stuff out there, but yeah. if this is meant to be your piece, hire a crew. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's an investment at the end of the day. And I'm thinking of doing that as well, just being like, well, to be fair, like I want to just kind of burn material, but I also don't want to just not do it. Yeah. So even if it's just for me, because I was thinking about this in the because of a pandemic, obviously that plays your mind on things. I definitely want to have really well recorded pieces yeah just for me so that i can say well here's something i did because you're, you're only going to get younger this is the best i'm ever going <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> you're only going to get what i don't want to be you know an old man one day and not remember my youth yeah um and we're in the best time as far as technology to record it so yeah this is i definitely want to record more things even yeah. if it's just me doing it I don't, I don't need the extra glam yeah 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 yeah, I need to start recording more stuff. That's the issue. Is I send videos to people, and um, I haven't recorded a new video in a long time. I've tried to a couple of times, and then like the pictures sort of crapped out, or or the gigs turned sort of and uh, it's unusable, uh, like that sort of thing. But I had one from Manchester Comedy Store, but they yeah. they just take... oh the Gong Show. No, as Alex Boardman runs a night there. And uh, oh, okay, so it's a separate night at the store. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But they just take the sound feed directly from the um, from the desk, so all you're getting is the audience through the like the handheld mic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's what I was saying before. Yeah, so um, I, I, up, I but... did the BBC radio one, and I sent that to someone. They said it needs to be a video, and I was like, "Well, this is the best audio you're ever going to get." And it's the BBC for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. at what point do you need? I mean, I'm performing at the Glee Club, which is, well, we're talking 800 people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard. And, you know, at the end of the day, isn't the whole point? So, for, sorry, for the listeners who aren't into stand-up, um, who are maybe just listening for the tea, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the context is you send a clip so that people book you, so they have a sample of your work. Yeah. And one occasion, so I sent the audio, again, crisp audio, the best you can ask for, really, as far as BBC-level production, and then loads of laughs because, you know, it's a big event. Um, and then they were like, no, it has to be video. I sent, my, I sent, I don't know if it was the same person, different person, but I sent one person a video. It was like, I can barely hear you because it was just from the camera. Yeah. And I said, well, you can hear the audience, right? And it was like, no, no, I need to hear the set. So I was like, okay, I sent him another one. And then they said... Oh, this is, I said, this is the same material, but obviously different night. So, so you know, whatever. So, you know, it's like less people. You yeah, can kind of yeah. see it was just um, like an empty and still nothing. I was like, what, what do you, the whole point of this is for you to see my material. Yeah. Get a sense of, you don't even need to find it funny. The people who are in the room well, the, need to find right. it funny. That is one of my biggest gripes because I get that with bookers because, and I don't know what it is. There's some bookers that really like me. And like they'll book me, and their audiences often like me as well. And sometimes audience was audiences will like me, but the book will be there, and they'll they they won't like me, and they'll say like, oh yeah, it wasn't very good, was it? And I'm like, I did I did very well. Like, I, I, I had several pause breaks, but the uh, but the book has just sort of gone, nah, nah, it's not for me. So they they won't book me again. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely an issue, especially when it's, I mean, I, I guess if it's maybe like um, a branded thing, whatever, or they have a particular like style that they want to perform. But at the end of the yeah. day, it's just like, I mean, I, I found it where I was struggling to get bookings for the very same reason where I was just like, oh, that wasn't 
what, what you but i was like what well, the audience laughed yeah 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 um and or even where i would you know you, you do like an, an unpaid spot and then obviously afterwards they, they see you get some feedback and do it and i remember just not being able to get into that opening spot so i you know would, would stay in the, and then afterwards i was like this is ridiculous like the, i remember one time going to a gig doing an unpaid spot doing well let me put it this way i did it so well that the organizer who gets the agency to bring the comedian so she has no idea yeah she doesn't do the booking so she gets an agency she liked me so much she said here's some money amazing and next time i'm gonna tell them to put you on a paid spot never heard from both those people ever again so sometimes it's better just to be average yeah because you'll keep getting <laughs> keep getting those you know um no it's it is ridiculous and also when I did solo shows and therefore no one knows you, so they go on your YouTube channel maybe or wherever, you do really well because yeah. there isn't anyone other than you and then advertising and, and they've mentioned you in a magazine yeah, or whatever, like a, a fringe um, festival leaflet, wherever. And again, same, same thing where it's like, yep, yeah, people laughed. The whole year I was worried no one would laugh. Because I've been yeah. doing, you know, like smaller rooms, and yet everyone, and it's just it's such a silly thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a silly thing to worry about, to think about, you know, and it's so subjective. Yeah. Like those people, I, I don't find funny, but they're making a room laugh. Who? What am I? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. minority here. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's the funny thing. It, bookers often don't see past their own sort of opinion, which, and I understand because you know they want to have a night that they'll enjoy if that if it's sort of coming out of their pocket, you know, but like. When it's when it's a massive room full of people and the, the people like who they're seeing, then surely you should be booking for the people, not for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that. I get sometimes when, um, like, I've had it where, like, a night in, in Essex, for instance, I remember there was, like, a competition. I think it was a competition. But there was Whereabouts? someone who basically, I can't honestly, I can't, it was uh, years ago, like, maybe, like, two years in when I was oh, just starting okay. out. So and... I was going to say, there's, I don't, to my knowledge, there's no competitions in. Uh, oh, there's Colchester Comedian of the Year. There's that one. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. That's why I said I don't even think it was a competition. It was oh, probably okay. just like you know, some something where the, the the MC probably gave you feedback, or the booker right. probably gave you feedback in terms of getting invited for spots again, right, maybe right, to right. that effect. Because I remember everyone would then get sort of feedback and stuff, and I don't know why they did this because essentially the room would be in hysterics. Yeah. And then the guy would be like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. Here's where you went. And then everyone would look at each other like, and what's funny was so the, the guy was kind of, he would get a better stick on Facebook at a time of being like, you know, sexist or whatever, or, or, or obviously, you know, a little bit of just, you know, he, he who, only books white men, that who, kind of thing. Who is that? And then his, his sort of, uh, the guy next to him was in his, just in hysterics. Well, I like you, man. But he didn't, so it needs to be the both of us. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. And it's just it's just these silly, silly things. But yeah, uh, to be fair, it's it's nice to have a pandemic and hopefully all those businesses <laughs> yeah. go a bit uh, fall out and never come back again. I'm not too bad. I did um before the pandemic, I had shows abroad booked. And oh. before the I had like um Stockholm, Prague, I was meant to go Munich. I'm just getting some messages. Some of them are saying that we're no longer available yeah. um so but i remember going to sweden for like a week and doing like eight shows in a week which again i mean i don't even think you can do that in london unless they're all open mics no so 
I was there and I was just like, all the all the promoters and stuff are very happy to have me on and, you know, they give, they give you a good spot and good timing and they give you a lot of context and stuff. All the comedians are really nice. They're not threatened by you because you're leaving anyway. You don't live there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just basically you're you're there and they want to see a new guy because they're probably sick of the same old sod. And then all the audiences are lovely because one, they're European, so they have class. <laughs> and <laughs> so they sit politely and they have, they have their, you know, a sociable drink yeah. and they applaud and stuff like that. And I thought... This is way better than going into the middle of nowhere and like, you know, getting a, a Southwest train in England or whatever, or Virgin trains at the yeah. time and having to go to some, some town and, and some pub. And they're like, yep, cool. Like we made your entire audience laugh, but you didn't think it was good enough. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Travel two hours back. Um, so funny. Yeah. There's loads of people like that. I'm like, what? what do you what do you want yeah. <laughs> i would love to like what's the criteria like do you want these kind of i can write these jokes do you want tell me tell me what you find funny and i'll write that yeah and yeah, then yeah. We'll work backwards i don't want to because i had one where I, I do this for money i will i will do it for money if you tell me to do a particular thing like that's fine yeah, yeah. You, you know i mean i've come all this way i'm definitely willing to make the effort yeah, but yeah. it's weird sometimes when like you know you'll you'll get to the you know you'll make the whole crowd laugh and they're like yeah but that first guy the one that did all the local references, yeah. he was smashing it. I was yeah. like, well, he was doing all the local references. Why, he, why do you think he was smashing it? Like, he lives here. They're all his friends. Yeah. I was like, you know, you know, the guy from Hull did a Hull reference. Really? This is what we're, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes. Bangers and mash. That is a great punchline for nothing else outside <laughs> of this country. Like, you're never gonna, you're never gonna go, bro. you know? Yeah. Like, oh, well, fair enough. My favorite one was, uh, there was a, uh, a booker in, Ipswich that sort of way and I went and did this gig and it was horrible little like it just wasn't set up right it was in a uh, in a bar and like not even everyone was sitting in front of you some people were sort of sitting around the corner and there were about sort of five people on and he there was the guy that opened like I think it was his first gig or something and he said oh yeah just do 20 what like and he first ever gig yeah but something like that it felt like it certainly um, <laughs> it was god awful <laughs> And like he came off, and then he was like, uh, the next person was going on, and he said, uh, like, oh, yeah, just, sort of go, go, go and do 10. And then I think I was booked to do 10. And as I'm walking onto stage, you went, oh, do 15 or 20. And I was like, what? Uh, so, like, I just had to sort of fill in time. And I did it. And like, I, uh, I got the material. So, like, I just, I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Uh, went with it, sort of got there. The audience were like beside themselves. We were having a great time. It's really, really lovely. Like I was having a laugh with the sort of front row and like good bit of banter. And then a person came on and sang sang some songs uh, and like didn't know the songs. So it was like comedy stuff, but it was just terrible. And they because they said at the start of the set like, oh, well, I haven't done this in eight months. I hope I can still remember it. And they didn't. And they <laughs> they forgot everything. And it was. Awful. It was so bad. So this was recent. This was like pandemic times. No, no, no. That was uh, it's a few years ago. Um, oh, okay, okay. Because when you said they haven't done it in eight months, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I mean, no, no, no excuse, no. Yeah. And then, uh, and I was like, Well, you know, it's a weird night, but like at least I, I'm, I'm pretty confident I did the best tonight. And then he sent me a message, and he's like, Oh, it's a shame you died on your ass, isn't it? And I was like, Are you thinking someone thing else as well? Like. <laughs> So one, your first point in the story was he goes, I do an extra like yeah, do yeah. 15, 20, yeah. 10 more minutes of material. 
isn't just do oh, 10 yeah. more minutes of jokes. It's like an entire set. Like, are you interesting enough to hold an audience for 20 minutes? Yeah. And then also I'll, I'll do it's a different like, style of material for 10 minutes than what I will for 20. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. And then also it's like, well, if I'm doing say 10 more minutes, that means maybe, uh, you know, I can extend the story. I can, I can bring in, you know, the order changes. This has to now go at the end. This yeah. has to like your chef, you're mentally having to juggle every material you have and think what works best. Yeah. So you can close on a high. And then to the words when he goes, he died. Dying on your arse would be if everyone booed, through, you know, yeah. you know, you completely fumbled, you know, the eight mile basically. Eminem opening scene of eight mile, that is dying on your arse, right? You just go home, spaghetti on your clothes. Yeah. The, the ending of eight mile is where you smash it, yeah. where everyone's joining in. The other guy walks away. And then you know you win you win the battle essentially, and everything in between is just another set. Because the the idea of like oh you know like you're meant to walk off and like a standing group, the audience doesn't care who you are. I mean, unless you again, unless you're Jimmy Carr, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac and stuff, they're not going to be interested in because you know especially if it's an unknown name. And yeah, I think it's, it's sometimes it's, it gets silly when sometimes when people throw these expressions out like yeah bomb died out even um i had it where um so if i do like a routine and stuff maybe there's a like a minute or two of silence but they're listening obviously i'm telling yeah, something they're building towards something so they're going oh you didn't get many laughs i was like the laughs i did get were high like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Got, I got laughs when it was supposed to be a laugh like you know <laughs> if, if they're if they're listening if they're you know on their phones if they're booing i mean if they're paying attention it's a show. I don't see the. Yeah. I didn't do one-liners. If I did one-liners for for ten minutes and it was silence for eight of those minutes, that's bad. But if you're telling a story, I need to set it up. <laughs> and some stories, you know, they you need to, to set up a bit longer. Oh, yeah. This uh, this the notion of laugh every fifteen seconds, or you need to do this by a certain minute. It's like, yeah. well, we've it's, we've seen enough shows now that that's not true. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there are shows that have won a lot of awards that have long periods of no laughs and, and yet they still win awards. So, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, especially, you know, I mean, in the day, it's, it is performing art. So if you do want to be a little bit more arty and go into a theme or something like that, then fair enough. Yeah, you yeah, want to be got build it. like just do zingers and just be like, I'm just going to tell joke after joke after joke. Fine. And then. I don't understand how people can complain. Like, literally, isn't the whole point of variety? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you book Sai, you book Caesar, there's a variety. And then why why would you have the same person, like, act after act? I get as well when people assume I'm not going to do well because I'm Caesar Akusab and they think, oh, like, foreigner won't do well or, like, yeah. certain parts of the country. Completely forgetting I'm Scottish and I'm probably more masculine than they are, like... <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> like, like it's really like, oh, you know, they don't really do well with like, you know, uh, people from different. I'm like, well, I'm not from a different country. In fact, I'm probably uh, talk to me on the phone <laughs> more British than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, or as much. But you know, it's 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 all silly stuff. And yeah, really, really weird how people think sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I just remember my favorite thing about the uh, the the guy from Ipswich. Um, he was running a festival. Well, no, he's running a stage at a festival, should I say, like a music festival. Yeah, yeah. And like it was very poorly organised. The first two acts were trying to do um, sets while bands were on, and you couldn't hear anything because like mm-hmm. the bands were so loud. So basically, uh, there was like 
between 10 and 20 minutes between bands, depending on how big the bands were. So, like, each act got 10 or 20 minutes, like, uh, until the band started to do their set. So everyone's sort of, like, blasting through it and they're doing all right. And kids are around as well. So you're having to, like, change your set, <laughs> like, on the fly, depending on how many kids are around. And I ended up getting one of the longer slots and I did about 17 minutes, I think. And uh, absolutely smashed it. Like I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to brag sort of too, too much. But I, I had a had a good gig. Yeah, and, people um, laughed afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a comedian. People laughed. And uh, I mean, afterwards, that's, the booker yeah. uh, turned to me and he said, "Oh yeah, you are good, aren't you?" I was like, "Yes, thank you very much." <laughs> also, I mean, how many references do you need? Like, if someone said, "Like, oh, side," I'd be like, "Great, great comic and stuff." I should remember, I, I bring you up in tales often, but only because we were at a gig once sitting next to each other because we, we were kind of catching yeah. up at the same time. Uh- <laughs> and then there was an opening act on and we were kind of chatting in the background. Remember where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you turned to me and goes, he's doing your act. And I'm like, what? It's like the guy was pretty much almost verbatim doing my act. which At the time was essentially, I'm Arabic, I'm Scottish, blah, 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 blah. And just doing all the sort of, um, you know, accent jokes and everything else and, and where you're from, from and stuff. And I just, I remember watching that and going, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt because one, I don't think he recognizes me. Yeah. Like, I don't recognize him either. It wasn't someone I've seen often enough. And then two, I've done that act enough times. I did it on the BBC radio thing. Like it was kind of, as, as you said, you recognize that it's like, that's your act. And I remember having a, a bigger show the next day, like 20 minutes set and deciding not to use that five minutes yeah. in it. And then from then on, my show went much better because I just I just had a brand new opening. Yeah. But it was so weird to sit and watch someone do. Again, I mean, if, if I say it sometimes, it goes, well, are you sure? But when you brought it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you're just suddenly like, He's doing your act. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, so I, I never tell people that all the time because people ask, like, have you ever had someone steal your material? And I was like, no, but Side Davis once told me <laughs> as we're watching the guy yeah. in front of us. Side um, Davis. That, that was hilarious to be fair. Side Davis. You just Daves? said Davis. Oh, sorry. I get, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is true, actually. I get people, to be fair, I, I mean, Caesar and Cesar and oh, yeah. all this stuff. It happens I, get, I get names confused. I want uh, my, my worst. So what's your worst? Uh, what's the worst way you've ever been introduced? Because mine was at Natis and uh, like Lauren Patterson was there and like a few other sort of really good acts that were doing really well now. And I was there and like sort of enough people knew who I was. And I got introduced to stage as a C. Diabes. <laughs> that's see the thing is, and all of the acts were killing themselves laughing. <laughs> and I was like, "That's not right." I mean, yeah, only I mean, Deves and Dave, Davis, as I said, but because I know so many Davises, like yeah, Darius yeah. Davis, who I do a podcast with, so I'm actually used to saying that name often. And I was speaking to him earlier today, so the name is hmm. like when I when I see. Um, that like those letters like d e and there's a v in the middle there's an s in it i immediately you jump to it yeah but sai i'm guessing is it short for simon it is or yeah sai yeah. is sai i mean yeah. there's no you know there's enough uh, people you would know it so with my first name so it's pronounced caesar but admittedly you get cesar 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 you know you get all the variations 
even even uh, instead of Caesar, they say Caesar, which is okay. But yeah. then Alcasab, which actually I remember being quite nervous when I started off because I would say, oh, if you can't pronounce it, don't say it. <laughs> and then um, an MC once was like, it's Alcasab. It's so easy. Like yeah. Alcasab. He looked, he looked at it and went, how does anyone not see that? It's got the double S, so it, it literally tells you how to pronounce it. Yeah, and this is the best part. But the thing was, when I looked at people's, um, the way they said it, they go Alaka, and then the okay. end, they will make it up. So it's been Alaka's um, uh, sad, uh, uh, you know, Alaka Saba, Alaka, uh, and then, then they'll, they'll combine stuff. They'll say Askabas, <laughs> just right, they'll jumble up the letters. Yeah, just stuff from and Harry Potter. I would get it if maybe they didn't introduce, like, you know, if, if, if they just read off a name and didn't know. But most of the times at gigs, you meet the person. Hi, yeah. how do I pronounce your name? Whatever. And I remember one time, and I was, this is very early on, maybe the first time I actually did a pro night because um, the headliner was Zoe Lyons. Oh, cool. And again, it had like real top eyes. It was in uh, Peterborough. Can't remember the MC's uh, name, but I haven't seen him on the circuit since. So I'm guessing he's that type of MC, <laughs> right. where he'll just maybe do just run one in a year type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and even before, where I was kind of, you know, we're all in the sort of seating area for comedians. And I, I was I don't know, a couple of years in, I think I just finished university. So I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I was, I think I just like maybe three years in, four years in. Um, and I'm just doing stuff. I was like, yeah. And then I was telling him, I said, yeah, I did a, a gig, um, like a, like probably the longest I've ever done is probably like 12 minutes back in. He goes, 12? It's 5, 10, 15. I was like, I think, <laughs> I think it, I was good for 15. I only had 12. They gave me the bet, like, something like that. It's like, who's gonna, who's gonna care? So he was that type of person, like very pedantic yeah. about stuff. Uh, and then he's, but also, he goes I've, on stage, I've done seven minute sets. I've done three minute sets. I've done, at like 17 or 18 minute sets it's not just 5 10 15 20 that's not well a... that gives you the idea of the level he's at yeah 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 <laughs> and i said before can't remember his name never seen him on the second before never seen him since so he'd been dead all along he was a ghost yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't think he even existed <laughs> um before i go on the stage he's remind me of your name goes caesar Al-Kusab. if you can't say Al-Kusab, just say caesar caesar a great name easy to say the crowd don't really care anyway who I am. Yeah. Because you can really say Tom Jones and they're still going to have the same reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, uh, Caesar, uh, oh, I've never heard of him either. And you just go, you're supposed to be on my side? <sighs> like, like you're, you're supposed to support the kids. Like, at least if, if, if the audience member said, I've never heard of him, fair enough. The audience member, the audience is echo. But you're the MC. You've basically destroyed my confidence before it started yeah. and brought me on to an awkward beginning of, hi, you don't know who I am and I'm there. And luckily enough, oh, man. I um, when I got off, I think I only did five minutes anyway because it was a very much an open spot on a pro bill. Mm. And the booker was like, good material, keep going. And then, he, you know, he just like, that was it really. And it was one of those... Uh, it was like in a, a, a pub, uh, a small pub in Peterborough where people were eating and watching comedy. So you're talking to people's backs at some, right. the same time. Like they're turning around to watch you, but they're obviously facing their food. The only good thing about that night was it was an open bar. 
and catching for the axe. Nice. And I, I, I got, I didn't get paid, but I got paid in rum and coke. That's how I, whenever, whenever there's an open bar for comedians, I've always made my annual quota uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. alcohol. So, yeah, even though I'm not making the big bucks, I would have spent that money on the same amount of alcohol I've, uh, I've drank over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's again. I mean, these these kind of stories when it comes to names, I like. Yeah, uh, I've always think myself of, um, you know, like either having the spelling different or or the surname different. But at the same time, I just I just stuck with it. I was like, you're going to learn it or I'm, or it doesn't really matter. Because, again, when I go abroad, when I go to like, you know, venues that count, yeah, <laughs> they all pronounce it correctly. Yeah, and the yeah, audiences, yeah. again, they don't care what my name is. They just want a funny show and that's what they get. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Cause yeah. I, I always make a point of saying to MCs that if I don't already know them, uh, I'll just say, "Oh, it's, it's pronounced Deves, by the way." And I would say, like nine times out of ten, they say, oh, "Obviously, <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough." No, <laughs> just I think either because of dyslexia and sometimes just the slip of the tongue. Yeah, it could be like maybe uh, Dave's or or again like Davis, which yeah. is a more common name. I get Davis, but- Divas. But that's more so people on the phone. But yeah, like there's, I think, um, Sai is only one way of saying it. And again, it's it, really with the names like that, I always think to myself, it doesn't really matter. Like just your next act is this name and then they bring on, unless it is like maybe they're recording something and they need the name in it. Yeah. Honestly, you can, you can really walk on to your next comedian is a comedian. If I can't remember someone's name, my favorite thing to do is just get the audience clapping so loud before I introduce them and I just go, Sarah! <laughs> sort of <put laughs> yeah, I've out. done that every time. Yeah. I've done that, especially when Please I'm emceeing like over mic, you've got to like get through, yeah. get through a lot of it. And it's like, all right, you know, Sarah, welcome away. You just <laughs> yeah. add on a big, big cheer to the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's that. But also with, um, with Axe, and performing it whenever you get the uh before i say your name should i mention any credits and you're like yeah nah just this <laughs> like they're not gonna like uh, someone had that one and uh you know your next nice to filmmaker director and they said like do you have any credits i was like well i've just m- made a film and then they went on and did like uh oh and this uh next act he's uh recently uh made a uh a film probably not porno whoa, 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 whoa. why did you add on the joke <laughs> like now i gotta go on and do the old oh, i'm not no. a sleazy guy routine yeah. for that i mean <laughs> just say it's what Caesar, i told you to say. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i've had i mean there's only been one time where a guy afterwards said oh and uh caesar film recently won an award and, and he goes what was the award season and then i kind of said it and i was like yeah, yeah cool and a few people were like but that's afterwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. before like no we don't give a we don't give a crap like if you're (laughs) if you're ever emceeing uh like an open mic gig or whatever and someone's doing their first set like first ever gig then always say after as well like that's the amount of people that will say and this is their first ever gig so be nice to them and like that's gonna remind them before they're walking on stage like oh this is my first gig and like you just see people crumble i used to um help out the lines then I used to be the doorman there for a year or two whereas my was starting out as a um, stand-up yeah and we made a big deal like the, in that um time when tim Randall was no longer around he passed away yeah 
he um he made a big deal about first timers because you would shout first time and you would have this enthusiasm and you would cheer them on and stuff and oh, it would okay. give them that confidence of like oh this is a lovely place so there's there's that with the first time but also there's the like bring bring someone on well because because of that story that i told you about where the guy said oh it doesn't really i don't i've never heard of him either because that happened so early on i made a big deal whenever i would introduce people to introduce them in a nicer way possible yeah and to make sure that they're prepared to be on which i think sometimes when um i might have said like something and the the act goes oh i wasn't even right i'm like well sharpen up mate but in most cases because you know your your third or your fourth or whatever in most cases, I try and bring them on and make them really comfortable because they have to go home. I mean, you know, I've and they might, you know, all it takes is about one person to be shit to them and they, they never do yeah. stand up again. So, yeah, I do think that sometimes, uh, you know, that that probably happens way more often a lot where um, people talk about people and, and they'll say stuff. I mean, you know, we, we hear it all the time and stuff like that. Uh, there's loads of promoters that are just terrible with the acts, and you're like, "Oh yeah, how are you in this profession?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I told a story a little while ago of uh, a certain, and I, I bleeped it out at the time, and I bleep it out again now. It's. I was gonna say his name. Yeah, and he, I didn't because uh... I thought I don't want to put you in hot water. But oh, yeah, that's right. No, even man, if it's for my sake, I'll, I'll bleep it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, he introduced me to stage after berating two guys for being gay when they weren't gay. They were just mates at this. But I mean, they could have been gay. Don't know. Not relevant because they weren't together. <laughs> they, they'd just got to go and watch this horrible gig. And he introduced me to stage having forgotten that I was there at all. And then he saw me sitting there and went, oh yeah, one more act. Uh, I used to be gay until I saw him. Side Eves. And I was like, that's actually that's actually one of his better ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's actually, uh, my one with um, this person uh, <laughs> well is done. when I when I first did um, their show, very very um, strong in the pronoun game. Yeah, when I first yeah. did their show, he you know Ciroc Sap, and it's the same thing was uh, Caesar oh, these foreigners with their bloody names, oh. and that's and again I think it might have been like fifth gig, sixth gig, definitely like early on yeah and granted even if he introduced me to a round of applause i would have bombed anyway like my material then when i first started out was really dark yeah um and really just offensive and taboo just basically you know just being young and being able to say what i want and that kind of like freedom thing but um regardless i was like jesus christ like what the hell was that and then i was like okay Next time I go on, I'm gonna bring friends with me because he had a he had a go at me for not bringing anyone. I arrived with uh, Sarah Callahan, another comedian. Yes, we were start we started out at the same time, so I arrived with her, and then it was like any like uh, bringers with you, and they were I think um, they thought you know I was like their bringer or or yeah. she was mine because I don't think we'd ever been there before, but uh, no no like we're both comedians, and then afterwards it was like. Oh, you got you gotta bring people, man. Like he didn't say it that way, obviously. <laughs> gotta bring people, man. That's not how he talks. I went back to he. <laughs> That's not how they talk. So no. I was like, okay, next time I've got my mates at uni. I'm gonna say, please come along. And and I think people came along for that. I had been better polished by then as a comedian. I had like a good five minutes. 
that I was working in more clubs. Yeah. It was cleaner as well. I was like, like, let me do something cleaner. And went there, did really well. Brought the people in. So he was nice to me in the beginning. Yeah. Was watching the opening act was the MC that knew me. So he he was encouraging. He was like, oh, you're going to do great, mate, whatever. And then the opening act, who was a white English male, he got the same introduction I got, which was, blah, 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 James, oh, these foreigners. With, and I thought, that's just who he is. Yeah, he just yeah, says yeah. stuff. It's not personal. So once that, that element calmed down on me and I did much better, he was nicer to me the second time and actually booked me again. So I, then I was like, okay, that's who he is. But then you hear about the other stories, which you can hear. You, I'll let you tell them if you, because I don't want to get too dark on I'll, the podcast. I'll tell my favorite but, one. Uh, yeah, go on. My, my favorite <laughs> one favorite. is, uh, I wasn't there for this, but I heard that he uh, he nipped off during someone's act. And uh, during their set, I think they were doing like a, a longer set. Uh, well, hopefully. And they were like, where? Where has he gone? They were trying to work it out, and then they heard him having sex in a in a like closet next to the stage. If he's having with sex who, with some though? woman, that's don't know. the sad part. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've heard Sorry, enough. They um, they were having sex. Yeah, yeah, they they were. Yeah, it usually takes they to do it. It might even been uh, they by themselves. Um, yeah, knowing who this person is, but yeah, no, I um, they probably paid for it. But they, uh, I've heard enough stories where it was outside the context of a comedy club and they were still inappropriate and stuff. And again, you know, they, they obviously defend themselves, but I was like, I just don't want to go back there. Yeah. And to be fair, I might, might go back if, if I think, well, you know, if, it, if it's still running and people are still going back, then why should I not? So I always have that kind of thing of like, well, yeah. is, is that just a really bad act? Because it is a really bad act. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, but I remember the last time I was there, I was on, and then it was just comedians live. And what's funny was comedians were trying to run off because he he was in the it was a smaller room, right? And he his he, he was sitting sort of like the stage was to his right of his eye, and the door was in front of his eye, like yeah, in front yeah, of his yeah. face. So he he couldn't really like just walk out behind like you might you might do in another venue. He had his eye on the door, and people were were kind of like kind of forced to stay behind or. Like he would put you on last to force you to be be to stay behind. Yeah, and I remember doing the set, kind of ending it, kind of being like, "Well, this is time we've all spent together." That kind of like <laughs> passive aggressive, sarcastic thing, and everyone yeah. kind of laughed and stuff. And I don't think he even cares. It's the open mic; it's unpaid. But as I walked off, having done my set, Louis Schaefer, do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was yeah. the first one I did. That's the only time I've yeah, seen him. He, I uh, walked up, Louis Schaefer goes, you're really funny. Keep going. Well done. And then I was like, oh, thanks. Thank you. And then I kind of watched his set and afterwards. And then months later, he was doing a preview where I was on in the opening section. And he was uh, previewing his Edinburgh show uh, in, the, in the second section. And he was doing some crowd work. And then he goes, you're a comic, right? You were on, you were on tonight. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, I remember you. You're a really funny guy. I'm like, really kind of you to say in your act halfway through, like he yeah. obviously was doing incredible. So there is not so, the, 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 the more times you do go to these places where other comedians are there, it's good sometimes to, to be with comedians. Because even that gig where I was with you, that booking agency isn't great, but I get to hang out with you. So there's sometimes yeah, where, like, yeah. there's perks of it as well. Like we've done loads of gigs where I was just like, well, 
this is not bad. It's not a bad place to be. Like whether it was, uh, yeah, like there's some some of these towns like you have to be in a car for ages, and you're like, all right, who's in the car with who? Yeah, oh, yeah, side? yeah, great. Like that's the, that's the only times when you're like, yep, great, happy to be there. Yeah. Other times you're like, okay. I mean, I can, one, uh, one of my favorite one. car journeys to to my memory was the one uh, where it's you, me, Adam Morrison, and the the late great Chris Joyce, and that was yeah. a very very yeah. funny. I'll never forget. Funnier than the gig. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, stopping on the side of the motorway to for like three of us to do a wee. Yeah, and there was hilarious about that was we were all sort of competing against each other. Yeah, but at the same time supporting each other, which was the nicest part of it because a lot of times you don't really get that. I've, I mean, I've you know we've you've done like competition and stuff where like I remember one time watching doing a competition. I think it was Golden Gestures where it was the audience voting. And then uh, Matt Smith with his like shitstorm band, yeah, yeah, was on, and he done. You know, everyone was trying to get into it because it's like really crowd work and stuff. And then one person wasn't getting involved, and you're like, all right, fair enough, not for everyone. And then that person was an act, and you're like, uh, well, hold on, like, you know, you can at least join in the fun, yeah, yeah, show, um, show solidarity, yeah. And with Bath as well, it was kind of cool because people obviously, you know, you travel from all parts to get there, so yeah. sometimes you're like. Oh, how was your card ride? Our card ride was, was such because you know, we were on. Um, I remember Saskia Preston was on that bill. Oh yeah. Um, who else was on it? Oh, it was the guy from the Welsh comedian. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, but, oh, uh, uh, Jethro Bradley. Is that a name? Yes, yes, Jethro. That was it. Yeah, he was on, and I remember even like Chris Joyce didn't didn't win the round, but we were all like, Chris should have won it because yeah. he had his um dance to win song yeah and you're like, as soon as he plays that you're like well i've, I've lost <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you would hope he did stand up and just maybe got some nerves on the day but no on that keyboard he was he's there he's like just smashing every time incredible. and yeah it's so so sad that he's gone that was that period of like maybe 2014 to 2016 was probably the best ever no 20, yeah, 2014 2015 yeah 2016 as well as far as when you're just doing so many gigs and 90 percent of them were traveling so you're getting these car journeys and whatever and stuff and it was you know or you do like three a night for you know you do like some ridiculous stuff, five yeah. a week six a week and that's the kind of thing where I, you know really mess because you can only do it for a short spell i don't i think um i don't know about you but i definitely burn out fast when i do Six yeah, a week, seven a week. I do these and days, it's traveling yeah. involved. I mean, if it's six a week and it's local, then obviously, yeah, but yeah, it's always like and then three hour journey there, and then four hour journey there, and then so it's a lack of sleep more than the actual um commitment. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cause yeah, you, you have a uh what's your work now now that we're pandemic? I and, uh, oh, I'm, badness. I'm working in uh screw fix. Oh cool. All right, so you just settled at least, you're not like yeah. freelancing. No, it's all right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to trying to trying to write a sitcom as well. Yeah, I I had a, so in that time when I was really gigging, I actually did a, like a, a sales job where it was like proper nine to five shirt and everything else. Yeah, where you had to like do it, and uh, truly hated the day job and was like, oh my god. So stand up was like I just put Kanye leave to do stand up. Yeah, and then since uh, just before 2020, I with the company that I'm. And now, which I was doing sales, I moved to do graphic design, which is my main skill set. Oh, cool. 
and then that's been really cool because one, it obviously it was an, an easy job as far as I didn't have the same pressures as like sales. And at the same time, it was creative job. So at least, you know, you can not go insane as far as like yeah. boring admin. Oh, with stand-up, when the pandemic ended, I really found evenings difficult. I don't know what it was like for you. Did, were you working though? Was that how you kept busy? Uh, what, before lockdown? Jermaine? No, like during during lockdown, essentially, when, when there was no stand-up to do. No, I was just like, I was doing the odd sort of uh, like panel show, like online. I was just trying to write stuff and like do podcasts and that. But yeah, I was on furlough, so I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, no, I I found it so strange in the evenings when you're sitting there like, okay, yeah. what do people do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it what do even, people even do? The, the online the online stuff was fun only for the comedian. Like when you have that kind of chat with the comedians before the gig starts and you're laughing, you're catching up with them. But then as the Zoom starts, I remember doing few and one I did where I'm like, these people aren't really paying attention. Like, yeah. you can tell they're watching something in the background or they're eating their dinner. Playing with the dog. Or they're, you know, it's, it's a laptop. So essentially, it's not, it's not the most visually stimulating thing that they no. actually need to be staring at the screen. So it was okay as far as maybe just testing the water with some ideas and being like, okay, something there, put it in the back burner. Yeah. Keep it, uh, keep it ready for when you're back. But what I mainly did, so in the beginning of the pandemic, where it was um, lock, don't go out, don't breathe, don't yeah, do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually enjoyed it because it was like a rest period. Yeah. It was like, oh, I can just sit at home and you, you know, you play video games, you watch Netflix, you catch up on all, all the TV. So the first month is actually kind of fun because you're, you're, it's almost like a holiday, like a forced <laughs> holiday. On yeah. You. But once it got to the, oh, okay, I need sunlight, I need, <laughs> I need to move, I need to do all that stuff. Um, what I really got into because I didn't have stand up, I just wrote screenplays. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was watching like foreign films and stuff like that because I finally had the time to put the attention in it. But uh, even then, it was because I'm quite quite an active person. Like I'll play football, I'll go out, I'll play basketball, I'll, yeah, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah. That was when you're sitting there and you're just like fucking away. So from where I was living before, near Ealing, which is like west of London, like zone four of west of London, there's nothing to do. It's it's residential. So it was fine getting a central line in and out of the city. But as soon as that option is gone, you're stuck in that area. You're like, I'm stuck in this apartment. I'm stuck in this one bedroom place. Yeah. So I um, basically was like, all right, I need to move, which I already had in my mind. But I was like, I'm going to push this even further. And then trying to sell it an apartment is the hardest thing ever i don't know if you ever because you've bought your place now haven't you yes yeah yeah so selling it is gonna even that because people come in and go oh i wouldn't live here and you're like why well, I, I live here so thanks for <laughs> it's, that it's, like it's, it's just yeah like it, it's fine like you know i'm alive and yeah. stuff and then they're like i don't like the area this is so boring and you're like yeah and then they ask you questions of like why are you moving because they assume there's a problem with it yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like no i'm moving because you know i i for work but i just say work purposes we've moved location i have to move location like something they can't really argue with yes but here where my new location is far more social you go outside there's people there's a massive park with hundreds of people there as i said play basketball play football i learned how to ride a bike so when i moved here i never knew how to ride a bike really so outside my street is the santander bikes for you just rent them out right okay and i just said right are they, is that Get what, on it, and I remember of the Boris bikes changed name now. Is that what they are? Yeah, well, yeah. There's, I said, I think, well, I guess technically they're still 
Boris bikes because there used to be Barclays. Oh, really? There's Santander. But technically, there's still Boris bikes because he came up with the idea. Yeah. But I think being that Boris is who he is, people no longer want to say his name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dickhead bikes. Because I think it's fine. When he, when he was low level, all the faults he had, no it's one funny. really cared. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute, we should have punished him way earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, you can laugh about it when um, it doesn't seem like a threat. Yeah, same as the labor. I mean, labor should have just, you know, re redone their whole structure. Because I, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but in the last election, when we had to vote, I went to the poll, looked at all the names, and thought, no, just walked out. Yeah, so I just can't, I can't, I can't put my, I can't put my tech. Yeah, next to any of these people. That's it. My, yeah, um, my, my wife and I went through. Uh, like we just researched everyone that was like being shown as a candidate. And we would just say, well, who's the least shit one? <laughs> like, there was someone yeah. sent a canvassing leaflet through our door who said they wanted to ban spy cars from, like, West Shoebury. And what she meant was, like, the parking enforcement vehicles, you know, the ones that got cameras on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she thinks they're spy yeah. cars. And I was like, well, I'm not... F- like, she had other uh, things that were, like, that policies that looked sort of decent. But I just thought, I can't trust yeah, someone that thinks someone spy cars. Yeah, but when someone describes a spy car, yeah, you know like, that they're not. No, thank you. They're on a different wavelength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I always think about it, like, who would I invite to my home? I'm like, I wouldn't invite any of these people to my home. No. Like, I don't, like, you know, who, who do I think is it is, like, a moral, decent, you know, good person? Like, ignore that. I mean, you know, you can get better at your job, but you can get better at your morals. You either have them or you don't. So. No. <laughs> I mean, especially at this level, I'm not talking like you have to be Mother Teresa, but at least be, you know, a decent human being. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's I'll add solicitors to the list of people that are not decent because they're, they're horrible. But that that was essentially my lockdown was trying to move, and then finally moving yeah. to it was doing all the stuff that I never really got to do. So even when we go back to like comedy admin and booking all that stuff, I left it kind of late, which I'm fine with because it's now the sun's back. I mean, being yeah, inside a pub outside. and telling jokes isn't really the highlight of my time. I'd rather do that in September when, you know, when it's a bit rainy and I don't mind being indoors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got yeah. a good gig tonight. But again, it's just like, you know, I, I have other options now. And, I'll, and from the experience that I had before the pandemic where I wasn't gigging as much, but the gigs mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to build the same amount of material because... Again, there's, I mean, there's no way of saying this without sounding arrogant, but I have a good sense of what's funny as far as like, yeah, of course. Okay, I can make this work or whatever. And, I, and you know, I, I'm kind of like a one trick pony. I, I don't do too much out of my um, wheelhouse. You know, I mean, I'm not going to start all of a sudden doing like uh, cabaret or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to try and enter music uh, anytime soon. So, yeah, I think make make the gigs count and 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 find funny elsewhere because I think with podcasts and stuff like that, you do get a chance to certainly um, find find stuff out. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You uh, get to just sort of discuss stuff and uh, like you can have a just. It's it's nice having podcasts because it's the it's the green room chats that you've been missing. Well, before we go off, I was telling you how now that I'm in this new place, I was like learning new stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Was, riding a bike and getting on that bike and all of a sudden you know just being able to balance and stuff the same fear and anxiety is when you're like first time walking on stage first time doing this yeah but also there is that kind of embarrassment of being 
like 30 on a bike, not knowing what, and people looking at me going, why are you, what, are you okay? Like you're wobbling yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly. And I guess some of them might have thought I was like drunk or hungover or something like that because it was just how badly I was cycling. Uh, and eventually, you know, just learned and learned and now I cycle. I don't cycle far though, but I still, I, I, I can now, you know, go from point A to point B if it's very short. Yeah. Because uh, we're in London, so I, I ain't risking, I, I mean, I'm not going into like, you know, rush hour traffic yeah. that's mental yeah a friend of um, mine does he cycles like he lives in north london and he works in it's, yeah it's pretty much central london and he said that he gets like he said something about getting knocked off his bike and i was like oh my god are you okay and he said oh yeah 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 like, it just happens so uh yeah and then just carry on but like oh it was a bad one the other day and i was like what do you mean it just happened like that's not something you should just accept in your life just like oh yeah get knocked off now and then sounds horrendous because I have a driving license, I have sort of a bit more respect for the road as far as like, you know, mirror, mirror signal, whatever. So you yeah. still have that kind of, okay, I'm approaching a road. A car might come out anytime. Let me look at, let me slow down. Okay, cycle away. And what's weird about it is you get a little bit more respect for cyclists. And uh, I, saw, I saw a guy just getting knocked over by a car. His bike completely just fell over. His phone sled, oh. you know, he was really like, he, he got up and was, took a minute to like sort of you know when you sort of like you stretch stretch off the pain yeah where you like you're just moving your body around to sort yeah, of like yeah. get back into shape it felt like it really gave him a good thumping so he gets up and stuff and then he comes up to me he goes oh, mate can you just do me a favor can you just grab that bike and put it on the road grab the bike put it on the road and stuff i was like you okay and then i said like, yeah yeah it's like just trying to like you know get himself pull himself together yeah and i was like yeah man i know i know how you how you feel i can ride a bike too <laughs> like and the thing was <laughs> like the arrogance of me going like yeah i can now ride bikes like i totally get you like you know <laughs> like, i've only been riding a bike for like two weeks amazing he looked, he looked at me like what an idiot <laughs> oh incredible sometimes during conversations i don't know if you've seen i do like little snippet videos of uh of sort of funny moments and sometimes someone will say something and i'll be like oh there is that's uh, that's the <laughs> that is the snippet that's coming out of that. That's so funny. Oh, thank you. That's very flattering. I might, uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's something to keep for for future use. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very funny story. Yeah. Oh, in that uh, case, if you can use it as material, then I, I, I won't burn it. I'll no, see. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, I'll, I, don't, I don't mind. More, the more the merrier. People will, <laughs> will get to know me. I'll use that in when booking it. Yeah, when yeah. It, I'll be like, oh, here's a clip. And yeah. Conversationally, very funny. I'm like, no, he's he's not. (laughs) (laughs) He died in his arse. Like, yeah, well, so did I. So did I, mate. Um, Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no. (laughs) So, what what have you been doing? What were you doing during the lockdown? Were you still? Were you just working from home? You're working from home, which was really nice. I got I got used to it. I've always been a person. So when I my previous job, when I first like got into you know office work nine to five. I hated that. So, you know, the kind of dream of comedy wasn't so much fame, but more fortune to basically retire early because yeah. I hated day jobs. I'm not fussed about fame anymore, but boy, if I can just not work, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, that'd be nice. And then now, now that I've learned, now that I have a, a day job, which I do enjoy and I work from home, I now just want to stay at home because I'm like, well, why get up at eight o'clock when I can get up at nine o'clock and just yeah. be right at my desk? Um, Cause I've got you know the space for it and everything. 
But in terms of the the hours and everything else, it was good. As, as I said, I was I was writing screenplays. So what I would do is basically treat it like kind of film school. Yeah. Watch all these movies, get really inspired, and watch all stuff that I really should have been watching much earlier on. But because you know, in your when I was starting out, it was all I was doing stand up, doing university, trying to get you know trying to get your day job in order, trying to yeah. go out and have a social life, trying to date, trying to do this, trying to do that. You know, to sit around and watch, you know, two and a half long Italian movies or French movies is yeah, you ain't gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. with the lockdown, you know, you watch all of it's a gift. Uh, Federico Fellini and all of John Goodard and all these great filmmakers of like the sixties and other 50s people haven't heard stuff. of, sure. Never heard of them, and yet they, they're the ones that influenced the Tarantinos and the Scorsese. Oh, really? So I watched a lot of that, and what was amazing was I saw almost a new type of way to be creative because right. of their filming techniques and wrote i initially had a bunch of ideas i was gonna like do maybe an animation and stuff because i liked it then i thought you know what for the time put in you're not getting a lot out of it with animation you really need to be you know it takes a lot of hours to get a minute of, of footage yeah so i was okay I, I really fell back in love with filmmaking maybe i can do that in the when the lockdown ends and i texted a few friends so i was like i think i text like nico and dane and stuff i was like if i write you something would you be in it they were like yeah so i kind of give me the the encouragement to be like all right well now that i've told someone at least i i have a yeah a direction and i wrote different stories and then threw it away so i must have written like hundreds of pages which now will never see the light of day but then i wrote six episodes which is kind of like a, a web series type of thing because they, they there is there is obviously a they're connected by i, I I treated it like a music album where like each song is completely different, but they're all part of the album because I had so many ideas. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't want to do a big movie because I've done that before. And I thought to myself, I have too many different ideas. I don't have one idea that, that lasts that long in terms of length. Yeah. And was when I was watching all these foreign films, I was like, I can, I can do a lot of everything. I don't need to do the mainstream thing that everyone else is doing. I can be, think outside the box and, and be creative. So that was kind of fun. That kind of get me going, kept me alive in many ways because your brain's working Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you have something to work towards as far as like a goal and you have a vision. Because honestly, I mean, I was so isolated not to take going to a dark path, but where I was living, living by myself, which I still do, but at least I'm in an area where I can walk out and see people. Yeah. Even if it's strangers, I can see strangers, you know, in the park whereas over there i didn't see anyone other than like a supermarket and then you know comedians if we're not gigging together we're not chatting on a daily basis yeah. i mean i have like one or two people i might chat with on a daily basis but you can't bother them all the time and it was awkward when you ask people how is your day and you're like well you know someone be like i'm on furlong then I, I don't know where my next how i'm gonna pay my bills and you're like well i'm just bored it's hard to <laughs> I'd rather not talk to you because, you know, it's just, it's not the same. It's just, it's, it was too awkward. It yeah, was a yeah. really rough time. People were going through, you know, some people hadn't seen their, their family. Some people couldn't do this, do that. So I just avoided certain people out of respect and people avoided me, which made me go, all right, I'm cutting ties with you because I'm, I'm reaching out to you and you, you're giving me the cold shoulder. Yeah. So over, over the kind of, year from like march of 2020 to the end of end of the year it really was trying to be as creative as possible trying to move 
apartment trying to get this this flat sold and, and going into places and then just powering through work and and there are obviously there are some perks obviously when you're at your home you know i can cook so i was treating myself with some nice meals and stuff i wasn't going out and you know no more costa coffees no more this and that so you kind of put it towards good uses yeah but in general i look at it as more of a, just a time of perspective of like okay kind of you know it was meant to be what was what was meant to be the last of my 20s of like i'm going to have this like 29 i'm going to go out travel see all these people see all these things yeah obviously became a pandemic but now i'm i'm in a much better place in every aspect financially emotionally blah blah blah, blah, blah like physically yeah so i look at it like I, I have these scripts that are ready to be made and i'm ready to get back on stage and tell all these jokes that i've written and i'm excited about because yeah, i think man. when you're in the the zone and you've got i had a, a solo show that i had and i was just doing that so i really was just doing the same stuff over and over again now i've got new material again it was exciting and yeah there's but what about you or have you told it in every other episode <laughs> Uh, once again no, to I some extent myself <laughs> no i uh no i haven't really i because I, I went on to furlough and sort of i quite enjoyed it for a little while like you say it was just sort of a, a bit of a, a break a gifted holiday and i sort of um because the first two days that we were on furlough were my normal days off anyway so i was like i'm just gonna treat my normal days off and do nothing but then the problem is it got to the third day and i was like i might still just do nothing so i did nothing for a little while uh, but then while I was out on my walks with my now wife, she just said to me one day, because I've been trying to think of how to write a sitcom that had been like sort of buzzing around in my head for ages. Although I was yeah. going to write it as a film. And then in a conversation with someone, they said, sounds like it could be a sitcom. And I started writing it and I was like, oh, yeah, I think it is actually. Well, it could be anything then, nowadays. I mean, I was well, watching yeah. the latest season of Master of None. Oh, First okay. episode, 50 Minutes. Second episode, I think 50 minutes, then 20, then 20, then back to 50. And um, Louis C.K. did this for his sort of web series, the Horace and Pete, where every episode was a different duration. Right. And now, you know, the, the, the days of every episode being 20 minutes or, or 50 minutes, if it's a drama or whatever, yeah. are long gone because they did that because of advert breaks. Right. You would have, yeah, course, if yeah. it was like, you know, your classic Simpsons episode, 15 advert break. 15 you know it would break up so you do it in, in the 30 minute tv airtime yeah. tv guide and obviously if it's a what you know one hour for for because of commercial breaks yeah now with netflix doesn't really matter all you're doing is is just like it's like a chapter in a book yeah some chapters 10 pages other chapters 20 pages it's like like, like yeah. um, mandalorian like one episode was like 50 minutes the next one's like 35 and then there was Jupiter's Legacy is the new one out on Netflix. And I watched it last week. It's fine. It's pretty, it's all right. It's pretty enjoyable. But like they were going, I think they were largely around sort of 30 to 40 minutes. And then there was like, it was building up and up and up. And like the penultimate episode was like 52 minutes or something like that. And then the final episode was 33. But it was, yeah. you know, they told the story that they needed to tell. And I think that is, uh, that's something that's missing from a lot of TV where they're given sort of specific length of time or specific amounts of episodes to do sometimes they'll drag it out and it just lasts and lasts and lasts and it's you know it's boring yeah that's with the same writing process i had i had initially thought let me do one short film 
as a pilot and then maybe send it to some companies. And then afterwards, I was like, what is the point for the same amount of money and effort and time? Yeah. I can do the whole thing by myself because if, if this movie is an hour 20 and I broke that up into segments, I have essentially, you know, a couple of episodes in there. Yeah. So I, I know how to, how to produce something of quality for a long period of time. And then when I was writing it even, I just kept getting it tighter and tighter to the point where, you know, I was obviously writing a bunch of stuff and then looking at it going, wait a minute, if I actually finance this, this would cost me and started killing characters <laughs> off and then right. maximizing stuff. And then once I was watching all the foreign films, because the, most of them are low budget in comparison to, they're not low budget, but they are compared to like American movies yeah, where yeah, yeah. these big blockbusters. You know, how, how do they get, how do they get so much out of it? Out of like one location at one scene and yeah. then, so, you know, you, you, you expand on the character. And I had one episode, which I wanted to do as a foreign film. I, wanted, I was going to do it in Arabic because I can speak Arabic. And I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun just to try something completely different. Yeah. But the casting was so hard because it's so hard to find. I mean, there are Arabic actors that are young and in the 20s now. Right. That might, might know it. But of older, you know, if you want to get a, a wide range cast, I just couldn't, couldn't get the, the right fit. So I, I essentially cut that episode out and just made it a five part and i was like uh, it's five right. part too short and then as i mentioned season three is, is five episodes so yeah. i'm like well no i mean if netflix if it's if five episodes is good enough for netflix then it's good enough for me yeah um absolutely. yeah and again just make it i, I didn't even I, I haven't thought about anything other than just make it and make it my way and then a bit like this in a way where i took it to film festivals you can't really do that for TV shows, but nowadays you have shows on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, where like it's a show. I mean, they will upload episode after episode onto it, like it, like you know anything else. I think Netflix has a YouTube channel where that's where they showed the Chappelle eight forty six. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, video. They have a Netflix channel where they'll they'll actually have an entire season on it. Like it might not be for because of the country i think it's south african right. uh, production so maybe so in order to get past the restrictions of certain countries they put it on youtube rather than the you know because we have netflix uk yeah and there's netflix us and there's netflix france and there's netflix but on youtube it's youtube yeah because it's one channel so we're all watching the same stuff so to get past the restrictions They'll chuck it on their YouTube channel. I oh, think they've smart. done that with a few shows. Cobra Kai, that started as a YouTube show. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah. I think the first season was on YouTube. It blew, you know, everyone watched it. And then Netflix bought, but I think Netflix bought the streaming. And when it went to season three, it was still YouTube money. Right. And I think season four is Netflix money. But essentially that, that came off of YouTube where it was just some guy who just went on. It's a YouTube original. Yes, so yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's YouTube money involved because once they got the cast and everything, they got, but again, in terms of the audience point of view, you first saw it on YouTube before you saw it anywhere else. Um, yeah. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, nice, man. So I, I asked you if you had a tea before we started recording this. And, uh, yes. and, and you said, oh, no, I've got a coffee. Uh, is that okay? <laughs> and then I, I made you feel really bad about it, and you went and made a tea. And this is the first time we've brought it up. That, that I did think before we started that what you might find upsetting is how little this is about tea, and uh, you absolutely could have just had a coffee. I wouldn't have known. 
Uh, <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I thought because I've seen the clips that you put up that you mentioned before. I've yeah. seen them, and I was like, you know, you you do like all shot and stuff. I thought, well, no one knows what's in that mug. Yeah. No one. No, no one's gonna care. And I thought, well, oh, you're here's drinking, the secret. Mine are normally empty. <laughs> yeah. And then when I, I mean, take the photo, I, I did have we, a tea. We didn't drink it during the show. So now it's just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we're going to drink tea and have a drink. But we didn't have a single sip during this entire recording. No, I, I drank mine. But yeah, but, I, I had it. I mean, I made a tea. Yeah. It was Tetley tea, which just happened to be in my home because my parents were here last week okay. to see the new place. And my family are obsessed with tea. Are they? Like obsessed. Oh, obsessed. My, my mother, she can't live without tea. So... Tea is a big thing in, in Asian culture and South Asian culture and Middle Eastern culture and stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's our morning drink. It's our after lunchtime drink. After a meal, you have a cup of tea. Or yeah. maybe in Italy culture, Italian culture, it's a coffee. But, you know, tea is a big thing. And I grew up like, you know, put the kettle on, put the brew on. And we would brew proper tea leaves as opposed to the bag. Yeah. And like really get it out. So I uh, never liked hot drinks anyway. Like I grew up and, and, you know, everyone would have tea and then they would, they would know I don't drink tea because it was like hot drink. And it, it didn't, I mean, I think as a kid, I don't think you, you would like tea as a, as a kid. No. Well, some people and, have done It's really caught me off guard. Like someone said that they were drinking tea at five and I thought, no, that's too, it's too early. I think I had my first tea when I was about 15. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I have I've tasted tea at, at like that age, maybe because I just saw my mom have it. I was like, oh, I want to try some. Yeah. And like my grandmom would, pour some into like a little saucer and then drink let me drink the tea out of that yeah yeah, yeah. you know that's um, how people used to drink tea actually that's why they so had sauces was... they'd, they'd sort of uh swirl the cup around and let some tea fall out and they'd drink it off the saucer that used to yeah, be the polite yeah, way of so doing that's, it that's um that's sort of how how they did it and they would have <laughs> particular glasses my my grandmom is no longer with us she would have a a, a small glass that's really thin i mean she would drink five glasses out of it so yeah. obviously it was not it was more just maybe like the the quantity amount and for you know sugar cubes as opposed to spoonfuls yeah and i was never into hot drinks anyway even like hot chocolate i would do it for it to cool down but um which is obviously like a, a sugary drink and then once i got into like proper office work i would make teas and make coffees you know as like that's a good way of um getting in with your boss yeah but i would never have one and if someone made me one i'd just wait to get cold have a couple of steps and chuck it out yeah you know, Pour it in, a um, in this office I'm working at now, my colleagues were into coffee and they would have like coffee. And while they had coffee, I would just have water. But over time, it would be like, you know, I'll have a latte, whatever. Cause I'm, you know, I think when you get to this age, you kind of need a, need a coffee now as yeah. part of your routine. Cause you, I think you get to an age where Red Bull is embarrassing. <laughs> like if you have a Red Bull at like 30, you're white trash. I'm sorry, but that is <laughs> what you... I you work know. with a lot of people who are uh, just obsessed with... Uh, like they all drink Monster. Like I, work, I, well, I still do that to be fair, but I'm white trash. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he drinks like four cans of Monster in, in a shift. Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. When I, I used to work in HMV, when, when I just graduated university, first job I got was HMV and I would just, you know, stack shells, whatever. Yeah. And I would do long shifts because that's all I had in my life. <laughs> so I'd be like, yeah, as many hours as possible. I need the money because, yeah, yeah. you know, all, all went to rent. And to get by was just Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, buy a massive case, Red Bull, Red Bull. And and they were like, are you? I was like, to be fair, I just need, need to keep going. <laughs> but 
now with coffee, it got to like, okay, latte with sugar and then latte and then just espresso with sugar and then espresso. And then now I have a coffee machine where yeah. I can just make, and I'm, I'm very particular about what, what brand I use and everything else. So I like a coffee, but even with, uh, cause I don't do sugar. I just have an espresso. So if it's too bitter, I'll drink it like medicine. Where I'll go, nah, 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 and then just wash it down with some water. Drink it because it's but, necessary. Uh, but yeah, I definitely need the caffeine. Yeah. It's more the caffeine than the taste. I don't. Th- I, I think coffee really. I mean, there are nice coffees, but that they, they probably have mixed it with some uh, cacao or something like that. Yeah. But uh, in general, hot drinks I don't really do. Other than I have um, maybe hot water and lemon for like after a gig yeah because of your throat because you don't i mean same with podcasting you don't realize how much your your throat muscles and everything else when no, you're talking absolutely and you know sometimes at a gig you might be like shouty or yeah you know talking a little bit over the you know you're showing a bit of excitement and stuff and i feel like jesus christ why could have just wrote, wrote it down and texted to them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I went and did a pub quiz last night and they had loud music on, and I woke up today, and my voice just ached. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've had that a few times where I was just like, why? Oh my god, why so do we scream at each other?'" Yeah, you know? I used to do also, that all the I mean, time. Yeah, turn the music down. We we're all here for the quiz. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I've become a very I'm, yeah. I've, even though I, um, uh, I've always been like kind of old man esque of like you know shouting and stuff like that and that kind of thing. So. I, I, my personality and my age is now joining up with my personality yeah, as far yeah. as like just a, a brew and a soft <laughs> yeah soft I've, uh, I've i've aged into my personality for sure i i think i'm I, i'm at, i'm at peak sides right now nice <laughs> that's a great that's you could be your, your new uh show title <laughs> yeah peak sides <laughs> yeah peak for funny. short as well which is great catchy yeah yeah i like um, it yeah <laughs> maybe cogs are turning yeah. there you go i've got this show written but the next one for sure yeah that's there oh okay how's write. how's that going with your new show uh i've not written a lot of it yet because i didn't know if i was going to be doing it this year i didn't know what was going to be going on so i've not really constructed it but i've got a moderate amount of it there so i've started trying to book in some previews so we'll see but obviously edinburgh is that's not going to happen so i don't think anyone I've, the people I spoke to when I asked them about Edinburgh, like I met up with Nico in like Leicester Square yeah. not long ago. And I was like, hey, so any chance you're doing Edinburgh? He just burst out laughing. I was like, that's the same reaction everyone gave. Yeah. Like, like I think Daniel Sloss is doing Jacobs it. Recently, and he was just like, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> like so much money, even like the smaller festivals, your Brightons, your Camdens, you know, all, yeah. all those ones. And I don't know which one it is, but people have been saying like the the percentage of like you know a venue will take 60 percent, and you're like like you should you're grateful you're even open like yeah you know and and I, I look at it as like how much money are you putting in to get out i did camden and I, to be fair you you make your money back at least just yeah. by turning up camden's the best um, one yeah yeah it's a great that's a great one and brighton's not bad if you get a good venue it's not um, bad but it's still like 600 quid to do the whole thing and that's for one show yeah, no, the red, the red cost is. I remember one comedian was saying, uh, I, I won't name him, but basically he was like, "Don't pay the red, just go up there, really? go to the venue, book a venue. They're they're gonna turn up anyway. Like most people don't turn up because of the, the magazine and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and it's you're. I mean, you're you're paying to have your name written in the brochure. 
Yeah. And obviously you're paying to, for your name to be on the website. And yes, you will get tickets out of that. But realistically speaking, um, enough. you know, it's how, how many are you going to get? And, and I mean, people should like certain venues, people know there's comedy there. And I go there like with Camden comedy being at the Camden head. I, I, I did it once with very little advertising where it was just the website and people were like half a room packed, half the room was packed anyway. Yeah. Which is more than enough because it's oh, sm- yeah. a small room anyway. So even if you don't have the back rows, who cares? I mean, you've got you've got them all kind of sardined in. Yeah. And I was just about to book a venue in Brixton, and the guy guy was saying to me, "Look, if we can't really get a hundred people in, we're we're not really thinking about it." And I was like, "You know what? That's fair enough. Like, I, I'm trying to find a really small room to do like a workshopy night. Right. But that's only because." I can manage it and it's it's with so many pubs now looking for an easy event to host. I think I think a few of them will, will play ball. Yeah. Which where before they might not have. And um, now it's like, look, if you can get twenty people in this pub, please do. Well the um, uh, the Cavendish Arms have started opening themselves up to previews. I right. might reach out to them and just say because I know they, they obviously did there was comedy virgins. Yeah. Which I don't know where, where happened it because I, I know still, they're still running. They they yeah, are the but uh, it's, the bringer. It's still a bringer though, no? I think it is. Yeah. Well, for like in between the uh, lockdowns last year, they started running it, but because they were saying like because because we can't sort of do a bringer, uh, you got to pay ten pound to <laughs> to guarantee like to spend on the bar. And they said you'll get that back, but you've got to spend it on the bar to be able to get it back. So it's it's our money, but you can have ten pounds worth of drinks. It's like. I don't want to do that. I mean, I didn't want to do it anyway because it's a bringer and that's not... Yeah, you no, look there's shell-shocked. a few nights I've been trying to, trying to book that are bringers and I'm just like, what what yeah. world do you live in that I'm going to bring somebody? You don't, like, before bringers and stuff like that and you think, all right, it's a rule. You obviously want to double the amount of people there. Yeah. If you have 10 acts, you get 20 people in the room. Just simple math. If you don't want to but do any promotion. Now, now with the COVID and pandemic and stuff like that, yeah, like... Just you know, you you don't even know who people are bringing in. I could bring in a, a buddy's mass murderer. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can yeah. bring in a thief. I can bring in anybody. Like you don't, you know. And then the whole thing with that is like, are you the promoter? Like if if your night yeah, isn't exactly. good enough for an audience, don't have a night or accept that it's comedians only. We just support each other. Yeah. Because end of the day, it's like because those nights work, but they're they're obviously going to be enough. But all you're going to get is comedians with with mates and those people are not funny <laughs> like, no, absolutely. you've got mates why are you doing stand-up you should be out with your mates often it's you know? uh often it's just that comedians bring in other comedians so they're probably not going to be laughing even anyway, that is thinking, like they're thinking yeah, about writing now, jokes. now i need and i gotta do an iou yeah um no it's a stupid system yeah, no, and uh if they don't if they can't be bothered to do the promotion work don't run a gig yeah yeah, I mean, there's there's that as well. I mean, as far as trying to get a venue where people already go to it. Yeah. But to be fair, like the nights where it's it's a small, you know, one or two pub locals and then the comedians themselves and then that, you still get a really good night. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you know, end of the day, it's like, I, I've obviously told people to maybe like, oh, I'm, I'm here tonight. And then they brought like a bunch of friends who don't know me. And I don't know them. That's yeah. fine because the people are still strangers. But in general, I mean, how many times can you really bring the same person? Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing again. They'll grow yeah. to hate you. Same thing again. Yeah. 
but yeah, I I have to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sorry, man. Um, right. Uh, I, I will say since we were talking about tea, because I've I've just drunk a uh, a tea from a, a company called Good and Proper Tea, who uh, they've just sent me a whole box full of new stuff to uh, sort of to try on the podcast, and it nice. was absolutely delicious. I had a peppermint tea. And it's you know it's hard to go wrong with the peppermint tea because it's literally sort of peppermint tea leaves in a bag, but it's very good. It's very nice. It's a, a quite a rich flavour with like sort of real minty notes on the end. I don't go it, that. Is it like gum? Tea. Is peppermint gum? It, um, I mean, no, it's it's not it's not dissimilar, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's um, it it doesn't like freshen your breath in the same way. Although I would say right now, it feels quite good. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, uh, it it works in a in the same way like you know airwaves will like sort of clear your sinuses yeah and that. yeah yeah it does a similar sort of thing to that it's quite a you get the like the fragrant level of the mint sort of going up through your nasal passages it's quite nice yeah I'd recommend it it's it's uh, it's absolutely delicious especially from good and proper tea thanks for sending me the tea guys it's delicious lovely yeah. lovely podcast sponsor oh thanks so Not much yeah, yeah. doing well yeah <laughs> uh, right now I'm just going to ask you. I've got some questions that aren't really about tea. So you had a, a Tetley tea. Would that be your go-to tea if you're going to have if you were going to have tea? Yeah, PG Tips. Yeah, I would say it's like that loyal brand. You just know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's good. That's probably um, my. I have had the uh, like fancy teas with um, like twinings, where they have like different flavors and stuff. Yeah, they sent me but, a um, massive box as well. If I'm having a proper like tea tea with no with uh, no flavor or anything. Yeah. Yeah, PG Tabs. No milk, no nothing else. Just oh, really? Tea, just black? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same with like, oh, I don't I don't like to have fun with my tea. Yeah. But as I said before, sometimes like the, the lemon teas and the, the, you know, turmeric teas, if it's like a health thing, if, you, if you're feeling unwell, I'll definitely, I'll put, when, yeah, uh, a tea is for me is like trying to recover from something. So like a, a lemon tea after a gig is probably quite nice. Yeah. Nice. Right. Now I've got a couple of questions that are less tea based. Oh, sorry. One more tea based question. Do you dunk a biscuit? No. No. Well, shit. That ends that quickly. (laughs) Kind of maniac are you? Do I dunk a biscuit? Yeah. In your tea? No. Well, I know. I I mean, nah. (laughs) You ruined the biscuit. No, that's. um, mm, Sure. You're doing it wrong, but fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've we've got to move on so i can't get too far into that but you are incorrect um all right <laughs> failed the test yeah right now this led on from a conversation that i was having the other day and they were saying that if they could push a button to get rid of anything they'd push a button to get rid of guns and all memories of guns i did bring up the point that like you know you're still gonna have projectiles because you have uh, sort of catapults and that sort of thing but he sort of I- included that in it it sort of worked out, but not really. If you had a button to remove anything, and that would probably be including the memories of that thing existing, what would it be? Quite a deep question to ask in the last minute of the podcast. <laughs> uh, what would I remove anything of? It, it could be a person. It could be a type of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd, I don't know if I'd remove like a historical figure because obviously... You learn from it and everything else. Sure. But I probably would remove social media. Oh, that's a good one. Because 
Because honestly, if it wasn't for comedy, I wouldn't be on it. And then honestly, if we just go back to the people you know or the people you talk to, yeah. and the only way you know, know more people is by traveling the world. And obviously, we still have WhatsApp. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But as far as social media, as far as your opinions and everything else, because when Facebook started, it was photos, messages, hello. Same with everything else. So the, this idea of like, you know, Twitter, your opinion, Instagram, your you know, influencers, basically, I'd, I'd remove in, influencers. Yeah. However, however way you want to describe an influencer from your Instagram model to your political figure. Uh, yeah, I'd remove influencers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> uh, right. Which one would I go with? I had a dream a little while ago during the lockdown. So I think a lot of people reported their dreams were getting weird. I have weird dreams anyway. I, I dream a lot and uh, and they're often odd. I woke up at about, I can't remember what time it was, but it's in the middle of the night and Googled as a result of something that had happened in a dream. I Googled, what is the coldest that Julie Walters has ever been? Couldn't find out the answer. My question to you. This was very similar to the uh, first draft of Martin Luther King. <laughs> I think he had the same thing where, yeah. oh, what was the... I had a dream where Julie like... Walters was cold and in the sea. What is the weirdest question you've ever asked as a result of a dream? Is there anything where you've ever woken up and thought like it was really real when you had to check? Yes, I can't remember the exact moment, but it was something similar to going online and almost checking a person, something that of like, does yeah. this person do that or say that? Or maybe checking a message. I felt like almost having a quite a vivid conversation with someone um, and almost really think to myself, oh my God, like, you know, going back into that person and and almost checking up on them as a result of a dream. Yeah. Can't remember the exact context of it. Um, But yeah, to that, to that nature. Nice. Who was it? Can you say? I don't know. Was it uh, <laughs> a person? You wouldn't know them anyway. Okay. What? Right. Yeah. If you're not saying who it was, can you say what it was you thought they'd done that you had to check up? Uh, no, no. I think it was just a conversation that was intense. <laughs> okay. I think the conversation was so intense. Oh, you just like, had to check whether know, or not you'd actually had the conversation. Yeah, that I was just thinking about like, where did that come from? Yeah. Because it was, you know, when you have a relationship with someone, not like any relation, any context relationship. Yeah. When you're having a a conversation of that intensity you do have to check up to see are we are we still mates yeah yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah that was a oh that never happened yeah nice yeah. cool we really need to wrap up it's uh <laughs> it's got late is there anything you want to plug are you making any more movies at the minute yeah i'm Obviously, uh, you got, I'm you've got the stuff you've been working filmed on it yeah so I'm, I'm gonna start filming in probably august once the lockdown's done and because uh, i have some work of work stuff to do in july so maybe from August onwards, I'll start filming and, and start gigging, but nothing to plug other than just my Instagram, which is at Sab and Twitter, which is at Sab. So yeah, just follow me on social media if you, if you find me amusing in any way. Um, <laughs> other, than, other than that, uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, if you want to hear more stories of you learning to cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to catch Lance Armstrong at the end of the Tour de France. So, hey, man. I can beat him now. I can cycle I too. He's, well, he's, he's not allowed he's to. He's a much weaker man. He's not allowed to compete. Yeah, yeah. off the drugs. He's uh, he's basically he's basically on a tricycle. Yeah. <laughs> wow, way to end. Oh yeah. Cool. Right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, it's been really Thank fun. Thank you, mate. Thank it's you been, so much. Been good to catch up. Been fun. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. Well, let's catch up in person. Yes. Now that we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Soon for okay. sure.
So that was Caesar Alcasab. He is on Instagram as Caesar Alcasab, as it's written in the podcast title. Just go and have a look at that. And he's also on Twitter as Caesar Alcasab. Just search the name in the title and you will find him. I'll also put it in the podcast description. Speaking of podcast description, that is where you will find the link for my Kofi page. If you've enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoy it every week, if you if it brings you a bit of joy and you'd like to be able to say thank you somehow, but you just don't know how to reach out, then why not donate a little bit of money because it helps pay for the podcast, helps keep everything going, helps me buy new equipment and generally just makes me feel really nice about myself like I'm doing something that people enjoy. Sometimes people get in touch and tell me that they really enjoy it and that just as good, you know, doesn't, doesn't pay for the podcast, but it feels lovely. So I really enjoy it when people do get in touch and let me know they're listening. So thanks to you guys. Please give me a shout and I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'm very friendly. Sounds weird. But yeah, if you, if you can donate anything, just go to ko-fi.com forward slash sideeves, uh, the link for which, if, if you don't want to look at the podcast description or anything like that, it's, on, it's all on my website, sideeves.com. Yeah, and, and thank you very much for your donations thus far. You're very kind. Oh, well, I mentioned it the other week, but things are in full swing to get some merch. So they're going to be mugs available soon. Uh, and I'm very excited for that. So... I'll uh, I'll let you all know when they're when they're up, but they'll they'll be available to buy through my website through sort of one means or another. So don't forget. In the meantime, if you don't if you don't want any merch but you want to support us, kofi.com forward slash sideys. Send us whatever you want: pound, one pound, twenty p. I don't think you can send twenty p. I think pound is the minimum. But if you want to send me a single donation of one pound or a recurring weekly donation of four thousand pounds or anywhere in between, you you go ahead. That is very very lovely indeed. Oh, I mentioned that I'd uh, tell you who I've got on next week. It is the absolutely incredible Lloyd Langford, who you will have seen on TV at some point somewhere. Is a very, very funny man, but a big fan of his work. So, yeah, look forward to that. Don't forget, in the meantime, if you don't want to get in touch or you can't send a donation, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to. Don't feel bad about it. But if you could... Just drop us a, a little five-star review on on iTunes or drop us a follow or tell your friends to follow, share the posts, anything like that. It's all greatly, greatly appreciated and helps with visibility. Anyway, I'm hungry. I'm going to go and eat my lunch and then I'm going to edit this, release it, and you'll have it in your ears by this afternoon. Thanks very much for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Be kind to each other. Oh, go and, go and check out live comedy because that's going on. It started again. Uh, live comedy exists if you listen to this before next week I'm at the Alex next Sunday in Southend which is my hometown my hometown gig I was going to go and do some new material and I'm going to have a really lovely time uh, I had two gigs on on Friday which were also very lovely indeed thanks to Pete Wells for having me at the Comedy Cabin so yeah until the next time thanks very much for listening I love you goodbye